Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Hi, I'm Jackie Cation. You are about to listen to the dark forest Let's give you the info about it First of all, you know the websites dorkforest.com, thedorkforest.com, if you like a determiner, jackiecation.com, has everything. All my podcasts, including uh, videos of my stand-up, my stand-up schedule, merchandise you can purchase if you would like, and a lot more info than you possibly even need. Let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg sang and produced and composed that song at the beginning of the show. He sang with his wife, Sarah. It's very beautiful. At the end of the program, he sings his version of the Mexican hat dance. That's Mike Rickberg. Vilmos fixes JackieCation.com. He is uh, the web designer over there. And Patrick Brady fixes the audio. And in this case, there's a video intro. Very exciting. Anyway, those are the websites. If you want to support the show, you're doing it already by listening to it or watching it. And Another way is to tell your friends and family, go on iTunes, do a review. Another way is to just give me money. Yeah. You could go use the donate button. You can make it even monthly if you're okay with making things monthly. You do a PayPal monthly. There's a monthly choice on PayPal. The PayPal is a button on the Jackie Cation or the Dork Forest website, and it goes directly to me. Thank you very much. I will use it wisely or foolishly. Your call as well. Now. My email address, Jackie at JackieCation.com, is where you can contact me if you have any questions or concerns and about the Dork Forest. And I do have a Venmo account. It's Jackie-Cation, oddly enough. Another way to support the show is on DorkForest.com and JackieCation.com. There's an Amazon link. And the Amazon link just takes you to Amazon. You order like normal, and it supports the show because you came from JackieCation or DorkForest.com. Very exciting. Other than that, oh, there are, there is a band camp. You can, if you have listened to all the episodes that are free and you need more content, there are several live episodes that are at thedorkforest.bandcamp.com. And those cost me a couple of bucks, so I charge a couple of bucks. There's also a storytelling album there that you can listen to some stories that I did live. And there are 17 free episodes before the Dork Forest was pre-recorded. So the audio isn't very good, but the guests were super funny and fun and dorky. So if you want to do that, go to thedorkforest.bandcamp.com. Other than that, let's see if there are other things that I should be talking about. Possibly uh, the merch. Yeah, if you want to buy merch. The only other thing I want to talk about is the merch. You can get Dork Forest t-shirts. Uh, and you can get stand-up comedy t-shirts. You can get my albums or my DVD over at JackieCation.com slash merch. There's pins. There's a challenge coin. There's a bunch of new things happening over there. Anyway, a lot of information. I think, I don't think I've missed anything, but who cares? Let's get into the show. Hey, I'm Jackie Cation. I am in my garage. Alex Edelman is wherever he is. Where are you? Are you in your apartment in New York I'm City? In my- I'm in my apartment in Los Angeles. I live in Silver Lake. Silver Lake. Oh, do you? It's, yes. Uh, I am going to change my name because I forgot to do it before we began. So, uh, Alex Edelman, you guys should know, comic, been on the show before. That's right. Didn't we talk about David Foster Wallace, maybe? We did. We talked about David Foster Wallace. You know what I, I call did. J- George Foster Wallace. I call him George Foster Wallace all the time. I'm so wrong. <laughs> I'm incorrect. But you used to call me Max when you first met me Josh. for a little while. I think Josh. It was Josh. You called me Josh. It was right. That's right. You <laughs> called me Josh. Right. But here we are 10 years later and I'm like, it's Alex fucking Edelman. Cation, get it together. So uh, <laughs> Alex Edelman, you guys should know, is at Alex Edelman. Great comic, by the way. And at the Alex Edelman on Instagram. And um, 800 Pound Gorilla just put out your album. It just came out. It's called Until Now. You mm-hmm. recorded it live in front of humans. Where you had oh that God. sort of vibe, right? You had that pre-COVID vibe. Remember that? Remember I, recording live in front of humans? I do. I do. I, I just signed with 800 Pound Gorilla to do my next album. We just got to find some humans and me willing to stand in front of them. Ugh, it's going to be great. me in Minneapolis and I'm just like, give me any, you know, That's give me. Did you, 
Where'd you do It's Never Gonna Be Bread? All Acme. Every album. That's what I thought. That's yeah. what I thought. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite albums. Not to plug your album when I should be plugging my album, <laughs> right. but I love that album. Thank you very much. And you should. everybody should go find Alex's uh, album, Until Now, uh, wherever albums are available, which is everywhere. Uh, you guys all, you, you all have the chops. We know you do. And But here's what I want to, uh, But so we yeah, we did dork out about David Foster Wallace, and I've since read uh, some some excerpts. Funny guy, smart guy. Yeah, I think he's sort of like Jesus in that his fans have ruined him a little bit. Oh. Like like the he's Sure. Yeah, the, the Beatles every <laughs> like but in college I was like who's this smart funny dude? And now the trope behind David Foster Wallace is that a white guy on a first date will tell you that that's who you need to be listening to. Well, you know, and when uh 30 years ago it was Hunter S. Thompson. So, uh it's fine. Oh. It's just hipsters will to some extent. I mean, the thing is is your mind is blown by what your mind is blown by, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. if if you are a straight white guy and your mind is blown, Thank God. Thank God it's blown by something. And hopefully it's not Ayn Rand, right? Yeah, so, well, I, I, get, I get slightly offended sometimes when – not offended, but I'm always like – Dave Foster Wallace doesn't just belong to straight white dudes. He's, right? a, he's a really he's really good everyone, for everyone. Yeah. No, are you, you know? kidding? Even uh, – who, who was just – I just read something and she loved he loved him and it was uh, – oh my God, I'm spacing her name. Sadie Smith? No, it was uh, uh, 30 Rock. Um, Tina Fey. Tina Fey. Yeah, love it, he loves them. So middle-aged white ladies as well. So available to everyone who because he's really smart and he's really funny and it's I and found, it's good. I found out about him because one of my professors in college was Zadie Smith. Okay. Who is a who is who is a um, sort of forty something African British genius. And uh, and she's the one who uh, she's the one who told told me about him. So I feel like I discovered him in the most non-white guy of the way of ways. <laughs> right. But and, and the thing is, I mean, there's just there, there is just there's a small, very powerful group of young white dudes who are like, I invented fun. And now you're blowing it. And you're <laughs> like, I'm, I mean, the thing is, is as a as a woman, I have been told that men invented going out. For the first time. We were the ones who said, we're going to leave the cave. You want to leave the cave? Well, it's not what women do. It's not what women do. Men, men leave the cave. Anyway, That's it's so funny. very silly. But uh, but what I think is interesting, now that I've brought up caves, I want to talk about your new dorkdom that I didn't know anything about, but it makes sense. Uh, uh, hiking and climbing and something called slot canyons, which sounds like really a great way to get laid. Oh, uh, hey. yeah. Well, by the way, I love that I'm like, Dave Foster Wallace, not just for white people. And to further burnish my white guy credentials, <laughs> here is Slot Canyon. It's like the next time, like, here's hiking. The next time I come on, I'll be talking about high school massacres <laughs> and Applebee's buffets. Like, <laughs> uh, Here's the good news. You're going to live to be 100. You're going to get to do all the white guy things and everything else. That's so, so and- funny. You like, I mean, those, those are all, those are all things that everybody would love. So I think, cause I love, I, canyons are gorgeous and I so, love going for a walk. So I'm so excited to, so a slot canyon is, specific, so I love hiking, but everyone loves hiking. It's like when someone puts on their dating profile, like I like to travel or I like adventure, but like, so a slot canyon is a specific kind of canyon Okay, and it's where the, um, the depth to width ratio is the canyons are very long but very narrow. Okay. So you can touch them on either sides. And and uh, you can, like, reach out your arms in many slot canyons and touch both sides. So they're little sort of cracks that you can sort of squeeze oh. your way through and maneuver your way through. And they're very specific and gorgeous. And they're, they're really sort of native to the southwestern part of the United States. Okay. I was going to ask for a latitude because the thing – I mean, it's so weird. Like – that canyon is probably at a very specific space on sure. sort of the earth, like the way the yeah. earth tends to break and create, you know, uh, canyons and rivers and, and all these things. So where, what's a really good one? Is like, are we talking like Grand Canyon in the Grand Canyon? There's tiny slot canyons. Well, I think that there must be, but my, the one that the best one I've ever been to is in Pace, Arizona or Page, Arizona and it's called Antelope Canyon. Okay. And I've seen it I, on a map. Yeah. And it's <laughs> gorgeous. And if you if you take the time to Google on whatever you're listening to this podcast on, if you just Google Antelope Canyon, you'll be like, what? 
Like it is the quintessential one. It is gorgeous. And it's tiny. And it's so small. Like, like it's well, it's well. Here's how here's how canyons get formed. They erode. Sandstone erodes from streams and flash flooding okay. and stuff like that. And so because of that, the width of the canyon will be the width of a stream or a creek. It's really small. And so by the way, because of that, there are really big uh, there are really big floods. Sometimes and people can occasionally, you know, God forbid, drown in these canyons. Okay, so but they can be dangerous to hike those canyons. Very, or- very, okay. very during a rainstorm. If it starts raining in a slot canyon, you better get yourself to open ground because they can fill with water very quickly. And and um, but but a lot but slot canyons were really important to Native American tribes, uh, and so the Navajo tribe owns. Antelope Canyon. And so to get into Antelope Canyon, you need to buy a pass from the Navajo that sit at the um, at the gate uh, that sit at the gate in, in Page, Arizona. You need to buy a permit from from the Navajo and they and, and the Navajo d- guide guides you through. Oh, so you have to go guide it. Like there's yes. there's there's no way to just sort of wander and litter. Yeah, there's oh, good no for way. Them. Good for them. Yeah, and it's really, really gorgeous. the The Navajo name is is uh, Sebihoni, which is the place where water runs through the rocks. Okay, and um, and everything is at ground level. There's no climbing. There are a couple of um, there are a couple of sets of stairs. But you you ask for the best one, the most successful one. That is the most gorgeous one on the planet. There's okay. for my money, nothing comes close. But a slot canyon is any canyon where the walls are very high. Yep. And and it's very uh and it's very narrow. And is it just through. like is it two people across? Is it four people across? Like how it, it's it they they differ in in length, but in there are mo- almost every slot canyon I've ever been to has a place where it's less than one person across. You have to, you be have to turn to the side to squeeze through a crack. <laughs> Wow. Uh, that's cool. And now that you've brought up money, how much does it cost to get into Antelope Canyon? Do you remember? Oh, 25 bucks? I think somewhere around that. Okay. I can't remember exactly what the cost is, but it was affordable. And, uh, and when I did it. For a guy to hang it, out with you for an hour? That's kind of amazing, right? I mean, it's truly – I bet you it's closed during COVID because there's no, there's no way to uh, – there's no way to do it. Right. Without while social distancing, but I know some are open, but it, yeah, it's, it was twenty five dollars to get into Antelope Canyon, but there was an eight dollar Navajo Parks fee. Like, like okay. again, a lot of this is on sort of desert land in the Southwest, so much of it is owned by the indigenous people um, from from those areas because okay. uh, yeah, you know yeah. Navajo land is is not is not an insignificant uh, part of Arizona. So like it's really beaut it's beautiful. The colors are insane. They were and sometimes people I, I put up a photo uh, when I went. Someone went. This looks like a Microsoft screensaver. That's because when Microsoft <laughs> is making screensavers, they went into the canyon and shot five or six angles, and so five or six angles are literally screensavers for Microsoft. Oh, that's awesome. What I want, what I need to know is, is it, is it desert? Is it all just rocks and sand or are there trees? Is there scrub brush? What's the terrain like? So it depends. There are different canyons. Like, like most of the fun ones are in the desert. There's also a place called Mecca, California. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's for me, one of the most important Meccas. And (laughs) There's a place called Ladder Canyon and a place called Rope Canyon in in these in these places, and they're they're usually rocks. They're all rocks. Okay. Uh, so yeah, there's there can be trees, but the shade cover that comes from them is uh, is from the narrowness of the canyon, and, okay. and so you you find yourself hiking in the shade most of the time. I have to say that I have actually now what is a box canyon is clearly also a canyon. But oh box yeah, shape, right. But is a box canyon um, big? There can be big box canyons, right? Right, but a box canyon usually only has one way in and one way out. What about a well, slot canyon? That's right. A box canyon is a narrow canyon with a flat bottom and vertical wall. So I think most slot canyons are also box canyon, but um, but yeah, a single. Uh, but I think also a box canyon, there's only one way in and out, right? right? Like it's not so so slot canyons are almost always one long sort of through path. 
and, like and, and you could just get out the other end of it if you don't die in between those two those two spots, right? Yeah, but you know, we just did, and some places aren't. T- I just like to squeeze into into canyons <laughs> and try to squeeze out. That's for me. I know I, that sounds I like a, that. that sounds good know. though. It's uh, uh that that sounds nice. You like to you you. Do you climb the sides of them as well, or so some of them have a more technical aspect. Some are real. So there's a little. This is a good secret that almost that almost nobody knows about. Um, so I'm. I if, if if people are listening to this and they're like, I wonder where I should go. I'm about to spill some beans, but um, Joshua Tree okay. has a canyon called. Uh, sorry, has a hike called the Hidden Valley Hike. Okay, and within the Hidden Valley Hike, there's a hike called the chasm of doom okay and to get into the chasm of doom you have to climb you have to find a certain entrance i can send the photo i can send a photo of how to find the entrance if you want it for well, the page if afterwards followed you on instagram you could just post it on your instagram i will i'll post it on my instagram which is it's, the alex edelman everyone should probably yeah. know okay yeah. it's so fun and there's a one portion of it where you have to drop six feet into a hole and then lie on your back and shimmy 10 feet through a narrow bit of rock called the coffin or the birth canal. And like, like that for some reason, I love that. Like I miss a sense of adventure, especially now. Okay. So that's why they're so important to me. They, there's a real sense of adventure in these. Cause you're like, you're climbing, you're squeezing in and out of places. Sometimes you have to get on your hands and knees. Sometimes you have to lie on your back or your stomach and pull yourself through. And there's something really appealing about that. There's like an adventurousness to these canyons and hikes that you just don't get anywhere else. Like, I like to scramble over rocks and <laughs> under rocks. Like, it's really fun. That is interesting to me because it's like, I mean, what are you doing? Are, when you're doing these things, are you also in your mind going, I'm playing Cowboys and Indians or I am... So, there, there's just, something, the, just, something so, in that. It's yes. like a childhood cops and robbers... I'm trying to get away from from uh, the bad guys. I've been trapped here, trapped trapped here by Stanley Whiplash. Some fucking thing, right? There's a sense of exploration, is what you're talking about. Right. I miss exploring. Like, there's a real sense of discovering something when it's like right in in front of you, and 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 yeah, it's very it's. More than anything else, it's just a lot of fun. Like, yeah, there's the the value of this for me is completely play oriented. Like, there's right. real play at this. And people should know that that I am using an old tiny. I mean, calling it cowboys, cowboys and Indians. Indians. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there's someone going. Well, nobody's calling it that anymore, Jackie. Well, fair enough. But uh, but what I mean is, when I was a child, a couple of things would happen in regard to adventure. In regard to exploring things, that we had a quarry in South Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and every I mean, the people who dug the quarry, they've been, right? I mean, people who are guiding you through these these tours have been to these things. But when I went as a child, uh, I was discovering them for the first time. And it's that kind of discovery. And then I would play this thing. Uh, I, I would essentially, in my, I, there would be an imagination angle to it, where I would make up some sort of dialogue or narrative or bad guys or good guys, or I was on an adventure, Right. And so when, even on a guided tour, you're going through a slot canyon or uh, you're shimmying on your back through the chasm of coffinness or doom. The chasm of doom, yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's your own exploration. It's your own discovery of something. So, I, I mean, everything I know about canyons and hiking, like, because I, I like to walk. I don't particularly like to hike up hills and through canyons and stuff like that. But I used to walk. Uh, a lot. And, um, before I lived in the San Fernando Valley and it was 97 degrees all the time. (laughs) And, uh, and plus it's Los Angeles and you're like, well, if I walk somewhere, I better get a cup of coffee when I get there. And so, but the other thing that I, that I loved and I mostly know about canyons is from Louis L'Amour novels, which uh, are cowboy novels. Yes. Uh, from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and 80s. I think Ronald Reagan's favorite author. It's, you know, I'm That glad. makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but there were, he was, the our, our hero was consistently, not constantly, but often trapped in a box canyon or a slot canyon with water coming down fast. And, uh, and he usually had to jump as high as he could, 
take his fist, jam it into a crack in the wall, and then and that would be the first that would be his first handle hold, and then he could sort of muscle himself up to grab another and then get out of the canyon. Have you ever scaled sure. a slot canyon? Yes, but only by accident. Like uh, my friend David Burstein, a really funny, smart political consultant who's one of my best friends from New York, he flew to LA. Okay. And we drove eight hours to Antelope Canyon. And on the way, we stopped in Mecca to go to um, Ladder and Rock, uh, Ladder and Rope Canyon. Mm-hmm. And David got stuck somewhere. And so to get to him, I had to climb the side of a canyon up in a way that wasn't the trail. Right. And, uh, and so, but, and by the way, there was a real sense of danger for the first, it, I took, I took a friend of mine, uh, I took my girlfriend, um, into the chasm of doom and afterwards she, which is not a euphemism. And afterwards, <laughs> All of these she's, things, yes. she said, I would 100% not have done that if I knew what it was going to be. And I'm so glad I did it. And so okay. that's how it feels like doing these Kenyans. They're like, really, it's like, it's as close as you can get to scuba diving without going underwater. There are these real, there's a sense of, of a cave, of a cave to it. And, um, and yeah, you climb, you, you climb in and out and like in ladder and rope canyons, there are literally ropes that you have to, there's a rope that you have to climb 30 feet up to get to the next part of the trail. If you can't do it, then it's hard to, it's hard to get back still. Like these are fairly like the United Yeah. The U.S. has some really advanced, hard hiking trails, like, and some of these trails are like um, Angel's Peak in Zion or the Narrows, which is also in Zion, and for my money is like the granddaddy of all slot canyons. It's got a river going along the base, so you have to hike in the river for hours with these with these walls on either side of you and it's really hard and arduous and, and glorious apparently it's my dream to go okay and, and, uh, and this is in zion national park yeah and like a lot of like there are a lot of hikes all over the united states that are like hard they're like really hard hikes where you could god forbid like really get hurt or lose your life if you're not careful <laughs> and like and you're like i need to do that when do yeah I get well to there's g- something yeah. appealing about that like right now especially jackie like we both feel trapped right this is a pandemic we're both like in our fucking houses and like sure this fan has been on for six you know for six weeks i i could i could lose my mind now and like to to risk my life i'm dying to every day i'm like <laughs> you know i want to dive a hundred feet into a pool now like that's what i miss i miss my sense of adventure and like this really caters to it you okay well that's uh, this is this I was going to say, there are ways right now to risk your life. I don't know if you want to drive <laughs> up to Portland. Uh, and have somebody you, spit in my face. Just, and, uh, uh, yeah, just uh, yeah. You, you go meet some Halliburton guys that are that don't have any ID on them. Uh, and uh, if you would like to, uh, to really risk your life. But not as pretty. Not as pretty. That's right. No. There's no the rock ever, formations are different. Rock formations are very different. And are there? have you ever done any camping? Is there a way to stay overnight in these things or are they mostly day activities? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I love to hike and I love adventure. Mm -hmm. I also love, with a passion I never knew I had, uh, indoor plumbing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, indoor plumbing. It's one of those things you don't know that you really miss until you don't have it. And um, I do love uh, my sense of adventure and sure. I do love to hike and I like to camp less than I like to shower twice a day. I love showering. Oh, and uh, and you so shower I, twice I, a day. Do you like to shower twice a day? Morning and night, baby. All right. Well, it's a it's a glorious it's a. That's a that's a that's a sweet gift. I like to bathe. Uh, I'm alone. Uh, other people are like, "You're sitting in dirty water," and I'm like, well, "That's how I feel." Why don't that's you, how I feel. It's a bath of your own filth. It's uh, it's baffling to people that I like to bathe, and I like to say, "Then don't do it. You shouldn't. You should totally not do it." And absolutely nobody says that I smell. So um, I, calm down. Don't you do your best thinking in the shower or the bath? I always do my best thinking there. The the re- one of the reasons I like to bathe is because it slows me down. It gives mm-hmm, me, me and the thing is, is uh, I will take a twenty-minute bath, but if I'm smart, I'll take an hour and a half bath and wait till it cools off, and then get the hell out of it. Because then um, I've done nothing except for maybe read a book, but mostly just go under the water, come back over to the water, go under the water. And the thing is, is I don't actually bathe. Like I don't clean myself until the end. 
Wow. Because that's when uh, that's when I got to uh, clean myself. It's too much So you stew. I you stew. stew. I'm making my so- a Jackie soup. In, and by the way, the water is hot. I like it to be almost 102. Like close to... Me uh, too. Yeah, I like a super hot bath. And, Me too. Um, yeah, those, 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 uh, those sort of community baths that they have in Iceland. I fucking loved those. We went Did to, you go? You went? Yeah, and we went to three different ones. And they were amazing. And they were hot. And they were full of Icelandic people. And it was oh. delightful. They were full of people who liked to, who liked to boil themselves in weird um, silica-laced mineral water. <laughs> so That's so cool. It's pretty I'm, cool. And you would love the hikes there. They've got all kinds of crazy-ass hikes there where you are on essentially, it looks like you're on the moon. It always it looks like a science fiction uh, movie. That's a Louis L'Amour novel way in way in happen. Louis L'Amour wrote some really good, wrote some really solid books. So Have I'm you a. Read uh, I have. I read a book he did called The Ferguson Rifle and enjoyed. The Ferguson Rifle is, is, I think that that's a second adventure, if I remember correctly. Yes, Uh, I think it is. It's part of a series. Uh, The the one that's sitting in this this bookcase behind me, the top row is all sort of kids' books. And Mm -hmm. there's a a children's novel that, uh, Down the Long Hills, written about two kids who get abandoned uh, after, uh, on the plains, after an attack. Um, by uh, 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 on their wagon train, and so there's these two little kids. And the thing about Louis L'Amour is that he's one of those guys that have always existed, right? Where mm-hmm. he, uh, I, I think of him kind of like Joe Biden, where he's just he's not a he, he's he's just going to say weird old white guy stuff, but his heart's in the right place. He's just yes. in his own fishbowl, and you're like, that's not ideal, buddy. And I mean, I've been there myself, so it's, I mean, I can't, where you're just like, you're not treating every, you're treating people like people almost, right? Yes. You're real close to treating them almost as you would treat yourself as a human. But uh, every, every children's adventure novel back then was a disaster, wasn't it? Like, isn't that how it works? Not Amazons and Swallows. Amazons and Swallows is an amazing children's novel. I wonder if I've got that sitting up here. No, I think it's in the other room. But it's uh, it's essentially it's about these British kids who um, who are just on a on a, a, a tiny lake, and their adventures could not be more. I mean, it's incredible. It was it was written in like the te- 19 teens, so you Ugh. would think it would be a nightmare. It would either be, <laughs> um, but it, what it was mostly was it was children who were allowed to have their own tiny sailboat. And and uh, and their dad was like, "Well, you're not going to be duffers and kill yourself in it, right? You're going to be careful." And they're like, "Yeah." And then they got to sail, and they were like, "I think the oldest one was like 11 or 12." And they got to camp by themselves, and there were four of them, and one of them was like four or five years old. Amazons and swallows. It's a great. It's a beautiful. I've got to book. get into, but there was the, that sounds a bit like the Fantastic uh, Five books. Which are the, uh, or maybe it's a Fantastic Four. I can't remember what what it, it's a British. Oh, Enid Bly, Enid Bly, or Enid Blyton, something like that. They okay. Wrote this series of very famous British. I'm sure that there's a British person listening to this, like yelling at me because I'm messing something up. But yeah, it was like about kids who get into a get into a boat and get in all sorts of trouble. Kids and boats don't mix in these books. Kids and boats uh, mix in these in the, in this books. Amazons and swallows uh, was um, was given to me by Andrew Solomson. Uh, used to do stand up now. Big hiker just did a hiking episode of the Dork Forest not long ago. I knew so. that there was a hike. I knew that there was a hiking episode of the Dork Forest, and uh, I felt like I had to bring specifically this. And like you know, I feel like people. Sh- I should tell people what the best slot canyons on, on Earth are, or at least in the United States or something. Have like, you been to Yellowstone? Is there anything uh, in Montana? I, I don't think there's anything in Yellowstone, or not to my knowledge, but Utah's lousy with them. Utah's got a bunch. Like, Utah has Buckskin Gulch, which is the longest and most dangerous, uh, I think the longest and most dangerous one on on the planet. The walls in Buckskin Gulch are, it's 12 miles. It's almost never more than 10 feet wide. What? And at the canyon's deepest point, it's 400 feet tall. And wow. so... A little more than halfway in, there's only one escape route. So if a, a quick 
if a quick storm comes through, you're you're in big trouble. No one's ever died there, but but it's 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 a dangerous, it's a hard and dangerous hike. And it's twelve miles, so 12 it's miles. really difficult. Yeah, that's. I mean, the thing is, is when you think about how long are you hiking each day? I mean, I think an average hike is usually what three or six miles, right? You could you could cover people people on hikes. I think do better than they than they think because they're focused mostly on what's in front of them instead of um, you know how hard stuff is. And yeah. so uh, on hikes, I've regularly done you know nine or ten mile days. Before. Okay, okay, but so like you, yeah, you know that it's it's not an insignificant undertaking. Like no, it's a no. hard it's a hard thing to do. Those yeah. uh, those long hikes, they're difficult. That and they and they're um and do you usually go alone or do you usually have a guide or a buddy? Like I never alone? take a guide, but I never go alone. I almost never go alone. I think hiking alone is a recipe for disaster no matter what hike you do, no matter yeah. how how I always recommend people, and also it's more fun to go with someone, unless you want a specific, you know, set of, unless you want a little bit of alone time. Um, right, and and you, I mean, yeah. I suppose who you pick to go hiking with, you don't necessarily want, I mean, the most chatty <laughs> Magoo that you've ever <laughs> traveled with, or someone who who doesn't want you to mention anything ever. I mean, well, that's I why slot canyons are great because if someone's sorry, go ahead, I cut you off. No, cut that's you off. all. What, I was yeah. The slot canyons are really good because if someone's too chatty, you're like, hey, let's focus on this bend right up here. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know, getting the – on any sort of hike, if you want someone to talk less, I think it's a bit of a challenge. And by the way, I'm probably the guy that's too chatty. <laughs> I'm Chatty Magoo. I'm right. Chatty Magoo. It's me, Alan Jackie. Dunlap might be the one who's, who's chatting it up, who's, like, fascinated. But I recorded my album live on a hike with a friend who wanted to kill himself. That's basically the <laughs> – so, you did, what do you, you think of this? What do you think of this? Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, by the way, it is, uh, yeah, just so we know, uh, we are uh, talking with Alex Edelman about hiking and exploring. Uh, and uh, it is called Until Now, and it's on 800 Pound Gorilla Records. And Alex Edelman is at uh, Alex Edelman on Twitter and at the Alex Edelman on the Instagram. So, um, yeah, so by the way, this, this uh, Swanson. This Amazon and Swallows book. Is that what it's called? Did I get yes, right? yes. Swallows and Amazons. Uh, the author's a guy named Arthur Ransom. And oh, wow. Yeah, famous. Yeah, I think so. And um, But he's like, he's a guy from the early 1900s, right? I think he died in like 1950 or something. They so, all are. That generation was, so that guy's British and he wrote a series, Swallows, Swallows and Amazons, which I've never heard of. Um like it would have been, it would have been a series, right? He wrote yeah. these really famous. He wrote these really famous series, but right. like, and I think there's a TV. Sh- there was a, they they made like one of those Disney movies or something. Except for they made it in 2016. Wow. That I just I was just reading, and I was like, well, that doesn't sound right. Um, but but it was you know it's those times when you were a kid. Did you do any hiking or outdoor stuff as a child? Yeah, I think my love of hiking comes from. Uh, living in Israel when I was a kid, I uh, spent Did you a lot of time. There I lived there for about six months. Oh, uh, oh okay. So it was like, and how how old when you were a kid? Kid like twelve? Uh, ten? ten. It was during the second intifada, so it would have been two thousand one, I think. And so I was probably eleven or twelve. Okay, um, but before your bar mitzvah. Before my bar mitzvah. Okay. Um, I was really into the natural – like I grew up in Boston and there wasn't a lot of hiking. Right. But there was a lot of natural beauty in Israel. And Israel has these things called wadis, W-A-D-I. And wadis are not exactly slot canyons. But if they were in the – they were in the Ameri- – if they were in the Americas, they would be. The, they're, they're desert canyons. They don't have to be tightly held together. But, but – um, I've always yeah, wanted love to go of- to Jordan, to the Valley of the Kings. Uh, it's oh wait, Egypt is the Valley of the Kings, right? I thought it was Jordan, but uh, I, I am always wrong. So no, 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 uh, no, no. I think you yeah. must be you must be right. But the, one of the best slot canyons in the world is in Sick, Jordan, which is um, which is the hike to Petra. First, you have to go through this long slot canyon. Petra is where the Valley of the Kings is. Yes, yeah, so you're right. That's okay. the valley. Do you know I'm why thinking I know? Of Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh. I don't know if you ever saw. That particular little chestnut, uh, but uh, my friend, uh, a guy, I, a really good guy named Andy Levitt, uh, went 
And um, he also went to Egypt. And this is like five years ago. And I have always wanted to go to Egypt and see the pyramids. And every time I've made the plan, there's always been some sort of unrest. But uh, you got to go anyway, I figure, eventually. It's hard. It's it's a shame because uh, because that is like one of the most beautiful places on earth is Egypt, and it's yeah, it's constantly in turmoil. It's up and down. It's a crapshoot. But Petra, uh, yeah. oh my god, Petra is like the ultimate. So that uh, yeah, so the that is that, and there's this uh, there there are a couple can- slot canyons in Australia that are insane, and I bet you there's one in. I haven't done a Google, but I just know from people like there's a there's a bit of a nerddom, there's a bit of a dorkdom around these canyons I, and the people who go do them. Right, where you just tell each other where, where the one you've done and what they should maybe do. Have you ever be, have you ever destination slot canyoned? A hundred percent to Australia. Did you ever do that one or no? I try to make one? plans. I try to make plans for it, and I tried to get into Petra, but I had an Israeli. St- I had a stamp on my passport from Israel, and it was the kind of stamp that meant I couldn't get into Jordan. Right, and so I didn't go, which is such a shame because Petra is one of the greatest. Um, right, one of the greatest it. places. It's insane. I went to Saudi Arabia, and they gave us. <gasps> um, what was that, Jackie? Forms. Was that USO? Was that a USO thing? It was thing? Armed Forces Entertainment, like USO, Ugh. but pays less. And uh, but they gave <laughs> us uh, they gave us different passports. They gave us spanking brand new passports just in case any of us had ever been to Israel. So yeah. um, it was uh, yeah. So when you renew, <laughs> you got to go to Petra before you go to Israel. Yeah, uh, it's a shame because I've been to Israel shame. a bunch. Like I think it's a it's a real. But you know, like that region is the desert is really so gorgeous, and like uh, it gets such a bad rap yeah. from uh, from cartoons. It, it really <laughs> it really does get a bad rap. I remember my dad because my dad was uh, stationed here uh, for when he was in the Marines, and um, my family likes to join uh, the armed forces and then stay in the United States and never fight in a war. That's one of our one of our strengths, and uh, I guess my my grandfather through World War One was at Fort Hood, so oh, wow, uh, good for him, and uh, so. But my dad through uh, the beginning of Vietnam uh, was here in Twenty Nine Palms, and he used to talk about how beautiful the De- Palm Springs was, and how beautiful the desert was, and how my mother didn't like it, and he was like, "Yeah, but look at all the flowers, and look at I mean." The thing is, is, is the different times you can go into the desert and see these things, I'm sure, are gorgeous. Oh, man. There's nothing like it. Like, it really is. Um, and, and also, our uh, – this is so uh, rah-rah patriot of me, but I think the best thing about the United States is the national park system. Um, it's very – it's very accessible. It's very cheap. Millions of Americans visit every year. It's a very popular vacation destination for people it's who are lower yeah. middle income. Yes, it's very affordable, and they're everywhere. In national parks in every state. There are state parks in every state. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really good day out. It's active. Um, it's social distancing in this time. There's exercise. It's a very healthy impulse. People love to camp. People love to barbecue. It's like People a like really a good. You you spend some yes. quantity time with your loved ones, and uh, and I I'm a huge fan of quantity time. Uh, yeah, I was like quantity time, <laughs> the quantity versus quality. And, but the thing is, is my my theory is is that quantity time leads to quality time. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, my stepmother used to say. We're trapped. We're trapped in this thing. And at the end of it, we're going to love each other and nobody's going to know why. So, That's so um, funny. It's a, and she, it was my stepmother and she's like, we're, we just have to hang out. And at the end of it, we have to have some – I mean, there will be some good times. <laughs> and she is correct. Because if we had just – if she had tried to artificially create quality times, it would have sucked. Because it wouldn't have worked. She, you know? I think everyone I've – uh, and that's a big part of this, by the way. It's an adventure you can do with people. Yeah. Um, like I love adventures to do with people because, you know, my comedy is actually fairly documentary style. Like my last solo show was about um, not. It's not. This isn't until now. This is a solo show. I was touring when when the world ended. Um, it's called Just for Us. I went to a meeting of Nazis in New York City. Okay. And I sat there for like an hour and then eventually someone's like, I'm sorry, but like this guy's a Jew, right? 
And so, like, I like, you know, I like things that are a bit like left of center or active or or risky. And I've always and I always go like. How did you get into a GOP convention? By the way, (laughs) Um, just kidding. Uh, Am I? I follow I follow Mnuchin on Twitter. It just uh, just happened. No, no, just came up. And uh, so, but the uh, yeah. So I mean, it looks. I mean, the thing is, is yeah the. It's it's clearly you are in search of adventure <laughs> on, yeah. on several different levels, and um, I don't know I what. Uh, so have like in the last four months, we've all been hunkered down. We're staying home. We're we're you know trying to be safe and not get sick. Uh, my brother Russ said to me, "Don't you wish you had just already had it?" And I was like, "So that I could have a lifelong lung problem?" No, no, I don't. As a matter of fact, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what uh, have you gone? Have you done any sort of like drive for a day, gone hiking, drive back? I'll, oh, yeah, we've done a cup, a bunch. Like Joshua um, Tree isn't that far from here, is it? Joshua Tree, we knocked out in a morning. We left early in the morning. We were back by two. Like it's oh a gosh. it's an hour and a half from Los Angeles, right. and a legit hour and a half. Well, it, it's that's that's true. It's it it can be a little bit longer, but in not and certainly not now though, because the traffic is down. No, traffic is down, and also, you know, there's a great resource if you want little roadside attractions called Atlas Obscura. And Atlas Obscure is great, and it's really good for dorkdoms and nerddoms and stuff like that. And to find weird kind of local stuff. It's sort of like a Yelp, but for weird things, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so we stopped at these big, giant roadside attraction dinosaurs, the Cabazon dinosaurs on the way. Just, and yeah. and it, we, we went to Joshua Tree and hiked the Chasm of Doom and a couple of – and the Hall of Horrors, which is another – a uh, hidden hike that's much harder to find, and uh, and I won't post because that is uh, that is like I don't have a map that can get you there. But like it, it really um, you'd have to go a couple we, of times and then have somebody show you where it was. So probably, well, yeah, right? we lucked into a park ranger, and okay. I asked. That's the secret to every national park is ask a park ranger. They always know the best places. They live there. They go every day. It's their job. Yeah. So park rangers know everything about the park that you can go, hey, I'm looking for this type of hike. Not too much. Not too little. When should I go? Where should I go? Yeah. You told us where to go at sunset. We didn't stick around for sunset. By the way, when I was – I went to Joshua Tree. This is two weeks ago. Okay. And we look for the chasm of doom and I can't find it. And this guy sees me rooting around off the trail, and he goes, are you looking for the chasm of doom? And I said, yeah, am I in the right spot? And he's like, no, you're about 60 yards away. Follow me. And he took us through the chasm of doom. And as he was taking us in, I was like, I would have never found this. Right. And I never would have done it without help. Like, and this it's is really so hard. interesting. So it was you and a friend, obviously, who had gone. Me and my girlfriend, yeah. You and your girlfriend had gone together. And uh, then there was a third person. This the, going into this oh, something called the Chasm of Doom with a stranger you've just met feels like a trust exercise that I don't know <laughs> that I would do. I don't have. Hey, don't, yeah. If someone wants to kill you on a hike, I mean that. By the way, there's another misnomer about these. A lot of these are heavily trafficked now, which is a, which is a bit of a shame, but also kind of nice. Like some of these, like the Bridge to Nowhere hike, which is one of the most accessible and adventurous hikes if you live in Los Angeles, is gorgeous and a lot of fun, but it's also been partially trashed because it's become so popular. People are eager to graffiti. And the you know the motto of the Sierra Club is take nothing but pictures, leave nothing but footprints. Right. Um, but people don't, you know, it's hard for people to abide by that apparently. And well, like, and the guy who founded the Sierra Club, I think was a taxidermist. Uh, so yeah, like there's some real, uh, there's some real. Also, he had some real contradictory notions about freedom and independence. Yeah, so I think it's coming he, out right he, now. He was, he was, a, in many ways, a terrible person, but in yes. other ways, not a terrible person. But you know, uh, leadership comes in all styles. So yeah. uh, it was. Uh, have you ever been to the Hearst Castle? I've never been, but I've heard such good things. Is it? Uh, is it, it is, great? It is gorgeous, and it is as if my grandmother. Uh, had inherited a billion dollars and decided to throw it at things. It's essentially, it reminds me, I was in Saddam Hussein's guest house 
and my grandmother could have decorated it. It was another You're USA kidding thing. Me. Yeah. Because oh my god. It's, it's chandeliers and gold taps and and uh, and parquet floors and and then like also, Scarface style. Scarface. Scarface style, but also crap. Like some of it is real and some of it is glass because they ran out of money and um, and he was a monster. So um, that's wild. There was all, I mean, the, and and so the Hearst Castle is exact. I mean. Literally, you you wander around and it's gorgeous. And there's pomegranate trees, and you're like, they're in season. Can I pick a pomegranate? And they're like, no, actually, none of the fruit is available for picking. And I was like, tell me you were selling this to somebody. And he's and and he had zebras and and and, uh, and zoo animals roaming free over the land. So he was a bit of a monster, obviously, uh, Mr. Hurst. But he also left Hurst Castle in those and and the in the grounds to you're the state kidding. of California, and. Um, you can uh, the Hearst family still gets to stay there. That's in perpetuity, right? Like um, Lydia Hearst is married to Chris Hardwick. Oh wow! Yeah, um, so they get to stay at the Hearst Castle sometimes. You're kidding? Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. So he like his Instagram, Chris Hardwick's Instagram. If you go back through it, you're like, hey, we're sitting at this the long table that that uh, that the main Hearst guy, William Hearst, would have like uh, you know famous people. Co- come up from Los Angeles. Anyway, but it's it's my god. It's gorgeous though the the property itself is just and you can and I believe there are hikes. I mean there you pay to go and tour the castle and stuff and there's two different full day castle tours cuz it's so big and dumb. Uh, but there are also hikes and stuff I think that you could go to. Wow. I mean that is pretty cool now. Yeah. Well, it's it, yeah, it's just another example of someone who used their privilege for their own good when they were alive, and then when they died, they're like, nah, I should probably share this, but I don't need it anymore, and there you go. You can have it. That's so wild. His kids and his grandkids are all billionaires, and they're fine. So, uh, I mean... The, and Chris Hardwick. And Chris Hardwick, who did a very funny bit about uh, the prenup that he signed. That he insisted that they sign because he had TV money. And she laughed and laughed. Anyway, so... Uh, That's so funny. It's a great, That's so funny. It's She's a like, bit. yeah, you idiot. I'll sign him. I've got to see it. I've got to see it. I, I, don't, love I don't know if he's got a new special out, but I saw him do it one time. And I was like, uh, you are a delight. He is also, um, I guess, was a terrible boyfriend about 10 years ago. Uh, and he was in a terrible relationship with... Uh, they were both nuts. And hopefully he has grown. And he seems to have, and uh, from what I've heard uh, from friends and uh, I don't know a ton about I don't know a ton about him other than that he's always been very I've I've always found him to be very funny and generous so I I, I can't uh, I can't speak you can't but speak it, but to it's, that and you know what I probably shouldn't have brought it up because we're no, on the no, door no, 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 no. and uh, and it's fine but it's because um, he um, uh, because we're talking to you Alex Edelman at. Alex Edelman and the Alex Edelman. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do a lateral move. And then, um, because the thing is, we're getting close. We're, I mean, I, that's not true. We have about 10 more minutes. But what would you, I mean, the thing is, is you like these canyons and you like to hike. But have you, have you tried to tour the national park system too? Yes. I mean, the best ones for my money are Zion and. I've heard Zion's. Uh, go- I want to go. Oh, it's so gorgeous! But I've also got. Is it like? Is it like uh, Yellowstone? Is it like Yosemite? Is it like anything else? What is it? It's like Escalante. So there's, I think there's a category of like desert national parks. There's Escalante. There's Grand Staircase. There's Moab. There's Monument Valley. There's and Zion is one of these beautiful rock formation parks. And I think Yellowstone's a bit more like. Montana. Where is Yellowstone? Is it's it in Montana? Montana? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's on it's on Montana and Wyoming together, but I think. Yeah, but it's a bit more Icelandy. Yosemite I, is from what I hear. Oh, Yosemite! Yosemite is in, is in California. Yellowstone. Sorry, Yellowstone. In, That's what okay. I mean. Yellowstone. Yellowstone's a bit yeah, more Yosemite. Um, yeah, Yellowstone yeah. is it's just woods. It's just forests and uh, and waterfalls and, and gorgeous. Um, but geysers too, right? There's geysers. There, there are those geysers. hot springs. That's right. That's it's true. Yeah, uh, Iceland has uh, volcanoes and geysers, and then it also has um, this sort of cracked. Uh, old timey, like the where the lavas. 
arid landscape, an arid sort of a sort of right. There's, there's rock landscape. Your best bet, if you wish uh, to grow or anything, is to raise sheep and goats. Hmm. I mean, it is not. It is mostly grazing land. It is. There's not a lot of farm land. I've always, and by the way, my best national parks things come from people recommending, like someone told me, oh, you got to go to Fern Canyon. And I looked up Fern Canyon. I've never heard of it. It's in Northern California okay. and it's gorgeous. It's it's a canyon, but the walls are covered in ferns. So it creates this gorgeous effect where you just feel like what? you're walking through a canyon of plants, like something out of, you know, uh, Avatar or something. It's really, Is really, it like super really. north of, of, of San Francisco? It's remember? not super. It's close. It's 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 a seven hour drive from here. Oh, and so then, more the middle of the state than the yeah than, yeah. And they call it Northern California, but I would argue that it's Central California. It is uh, so because California there's, is enormous. California is so big, and there's so much in California. There's Devil's Postpile National Park, which is a bunch of basalt columns. Oh there's, wow. There's so many, but like Arizona, Utah, and Colorado are where the granddaddies are all for me. You know, I'm yeah. dying to go to, I'm dying to go to Narrows and I'm dying to climb Angel's Peak, which is a very genuinely dangerous one where if you Google videos, you'll be like, oh, holy hell, people must die here. And they do. Right. But like, <laughs> I, I want to go to places where there's danger and I want to take my girlfriend who's only been dating me for a while and doesn't fully trust me. Yeah, no, like it's a, <laughs> well, did you, so did you, cause, um, what, what I did probably three years ago is we went to Yellowstone, Mount Rushmore, um, crazy horse. Oh, and, um, amazing. And it was amazing. If you ever go to crazy horse, we did not do this. Did not know about it till we left. Uh, unlike, Mount Rushmore, Crazy Horse is owned by the Native Americans. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and so you pay to get in, and that's fine. You can also pay, which you cannot do at Mount Rushmore, to take a bus up to the nose. You can stand next to the nose of Crazy Horse. And You're uh, Yeah. Uh, I regret with all of my heart that I did not pay the extra. Literally 15 bucks. The Native American parks that I've been to have been far better maintained than our national parks because there's a sense of pride in your guided and the it's crazy more horse well museum maintained. by the way is a native american museum curated by the indigenous people and it is hilarious dark <laughs> funny mean like all the things and mean it is awesome it is it is awesome on all levels My, one of the weirdest things was a um a collection of uh, cards, uh, trading cards, sort of like um, playing cards, that were were sold in with gum in the turn of the nineteenth century, twentieth uh, century. So You're kidding. And they are, of course, horrifying and racist. But <laughs> there's almost a complete set, or there is a complete set. I forget. And uh, the you know the placard next to it, written by um, you know the curators, is these are really cool. Because they show the people, and they're actual photos, some of them, are photos of, of real Native Americans at that time, real you know, real people. They're not just drawings. But sure, they're sure. also caricatures and the dialogue. I, and at one point during the, 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 the placard said, don't call us these names. These are terrible names. And, oh, my God. Yeah, and they're just like, little nudge, little hint, don't do it. But this is, this is, it's a museum, so we're going to show you this. And parts of these things are important and wonderful. That's crazy. And it was, and it was so good. And it was, and it was, comparatively, the Mount Rushmore Museum was dumb, as you can imagine. Yeah, uh, I can the imagine. the thing about Mount Rushmore is you drive up, you see it, and you're like, yeah, that's uh, it's a mountain with some faces in it. When you go to the Crazy House Museum, museum, you have, first of all, that museum experience, which is better than the Museum of the Mount Rushmore. Mm -hmm. And you can take a bus to the nose. I will always regret not taking a bus to the nose. Do you know, I don't have a lot of love for the Mount Rushmore Museum. I don't think it's Did especially you? fun. Or Mount Rushmore. Like, I, don't, I have no desire to go, which oh, is a, a no, shame. Not really, because the thing is, is it is, essentially they broke the mountain, Right. Yeah. They they took something that was gorgeous 
And Teddy Roosevelt was like, mm, I'm going to need to be. I mean, it's, it's someone's, I read some article about, about statues and statues and, and, and Mount Rushmore. Essentially, they're, they're selfies. They're selfies <laughs> in bronze, right? Is what a statue is. And, uh, was, was the term that was used in this opinion piece that, that statues are selfies in bronze. And that's all Mount Rushmore is. And so, Statues are dumb. I mean, I get public art. I don't get statues so much anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not a fan. Yeah, and it's and it's a weird um, and it's a weird situation because I appreciate the artistry and and um, engineering feat that it is, but it just yes. doesn't strike me. It do, just doesn't For strike sure. me as as anything. Like and by the way, it's obviously there are some real problematic overtones in taking a, a mountain. Like it's really problematic. From the people, but, yeah, from the black yeah. and supposedly still on their land, according to the reservation um, yeah. documents. And, and they yeah. they don't get money from Mount Rushmore. I don't believe. I don't believe the indigenous folks. No, and I went to Crazy anything. Horse twenty five years ago when they first started it, and so they're doing it. The 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 indigenous people are doing it themselves so that they don't, because the government offered to pay for it. Wow. And they're like, no, we're good. We, <laughs> we, we don't need your noses in our nose. And, um, and it's so, but, the, but it is an engineering feat and that's why I went to it. And that's, and my mother-in-law's wanted to see it. And so essentially we drove up, we looked at it and they were like, Oh, you're right. Cause I had seen it when I saw crazy horse 25 years ago. And I was like, you drive up, you look at it. The museum is dumb. Uh, and you leave. And it was, uh, and it was an hour out of your life because you had to drive there. But then you go to Crazy Horse and you spend like two or three hours, and it's beautiful. And you're in the Black Hills where there's amazing, you know, one of the coolest. And this is this can't be good for the environment, but it's a classic Wisconsin kind of uh, holiday kind of thing. There's they'll take you on a duck tour of the woods. You're kidding. You remember the ducks? Yes, those the, they're amphibian. They're they're what they landed the troops at Normandy. Mm-hmm. So you get into what is essentially a boat truck, and they drive you through the woods, and they break a bunch of trees, and then they splash you into the river, and they uh, ruin habitat, and it's terrible, and it's uh, twenty six dollars, and That's so uh, fun. it's really fun. And it's when I was a child, we went to the Wisconsin Dells. The Dells. I wonder if there's a, a, a slot canyon at the Dells because the Dells are. They're delves, right? So they're they're yeah. cliffs, and there might be uh, there there might be caves and canyons behind that. You know, there are some canyons that I've been to where I get the same rush and the same joy, but they're not necess- necessarily slot canyons. Like Purgatory Chasm in Massachusetts is not technically a slot canyon, but it's really fun and has that same feel to it. And Annie's – actually, there is a slot canyon in Solana Beach called Annie's Slot Canyon, and that's really great. But like, And that's in know, Massachusetts? That's in Solana Beach, California, but oh, Purgatory okay. Chasm is in Massachusetts. But okay. like, I've been to a bunch of places that are like, all I'm looking for is a sense of a sense of adventure and a sense of like, and that's why like Mount Rushmore holds no appeal because I'm like, there's no adventure there. But like, you had to be crashed through the woods in a duck boat. That does it for me. <laughs> You're right. It, it doesn't seem super sensitive, but it does seem super fun. It and, does seem um, so fun. And I will say one of my one of my favorite adventure things was I got lost once in the dunes in Cape Cod. Oh, and sounds so fun. Literally, just kind of stumbling around with my wearing a, one of my T-shirt on top of my head, pretending I was in Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> so uh, my whole thing is whenever I like to go out into the woods, get lost, and then not die. And I think that that sounds like <laughs> like it. It just it's it's interesting. It gives me like if there was a time machine, I literally want to go back in time and see old growth forests in Wisconsin. I don't necessarily want to, I don't think I could kill Hitler as a baby. I don't think I could go and, and push Caligula down a flight of stairs, but these are, these are like, I think I want to see old girl forests. (laughs) Whenever anyone says to me, they want to go back in time and kill Hitler. I'm like, how would that work out for you? Like if I did that, it'd just be like a Jew in Germany (laughs) in the forties. Yeah. Good luck to me. Austria in the late 1800s, because that's when yes, he was born. That's okay, right. So, um, but speaking no German, <laughs> I would speak no German. I'd be right. screwed. And you'd have to find him. Did you ever see the 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 bonus on the DVD bonus extra on Deadpool two? No, because he goes back in time with the time machine to kill Hitler. 
Oh, does he? Yeah. I've got to see it. Yeah, you've got to see it. it. It's, uh, it's on YouTube as well. Uh, by the way, it has been an hour, Alex Edelman. Just see so you sure. know. Uh, this has been a delight. I have Thank you so about, much for uh, having me back. I want to go. I, there are national parks that we could I, we could just drive. Maybe we could, because we drive once, we drive up to the Sequoias where Andy's mom lives every uh, week. So gorgeous. Sequoia, Na- is it Sequoia National? Yeah, she lives right next to Sequoia National Park. So I mean, I'm dying to go, dying. Like, it's about and- three hours north of here. So we drive on when, you know, not every Wednesday, but like once a week, uh, the last couple of Wednesdays we've gone, but different days to just drive up, see his mom, stare at her, have lunch, drive back. Because, uh, you know, we're living in the social distancing time and she's an older lady. Yeah, you just got to stare at them. You got to stare at them. I'm doing the same with my friends. I'm staring at a lot of my friends. Yeah, just from six feet away and go, hey, awesome. Good to see you. Yeah. And uh, and so anyway, everybody at the the Alex Edelman on Instagram, at Alex Edelman on Twitter. And the album is available now. Everywhere albums are. Uh, very funny comic. Until now. Uh, one, yeah, he's a wonderful dude. Uh, thanks for doing the show, Alex. Thanks so much for having me. And if anyone has suggestions on where I should go, please send me a message. I'm always down to hear. That's awesome. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?